0: hey everybody what's good little niggas everyone listening to this podcast welcome back adventures in finding shit out um yeah september 10th 2017 this is the first weekend of nfl football the 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 first week of the season um yeah, I mean, I'm not too thrilled. I can't, I can't sound excited about this because I'm not too excited about football this year. I can't lie, I'm watching. I'm actually watching the Seahawks and um and Packers game right now with my brother. It's in halftime, uh, three nothing Seahawks up, and it's like, I don't know, man. It, it's it's lost this uh it's lost this novelty now had sixteen games this season, but it's a game one every day of the week. Not whack, you know what I'm saying? It's not whack, but it's just like it's it's really lost like the big game feel, and that's a, this is supposed to be a big game, you know? But yeah, so UFC two fifteen was last night. In other sporting news, Nunes versus Sivchenko. Spoiler alert, if you if you haven't seen it, turn this shit off. Turn it off now, cause I'm getting ready to get into spoilers. Alright, got enough time. Amanda Nunez defeats Amanda no Amanda Amanda Shevchenko? Is that what I'm about to say? Oh Amanda Nunez defeats Valentina Shevchenko. Uh Split decision. I think um, I'm gonna be honest with you. The fight was a wash, as far as like the the best showing from the the two competitors in the fight. Like between those two, you know that they could do better. And I know Valentina's definitely kicking her herself because she didn't do much to win the fight. She just didn't do. She just did. She didn't do much to win the fight. She just didn't do as much as she could. Or she did as much as she could to lose it, not to lose it. You know what I'm saying? If that makes any sense. I know it doesn't. She just didn't she didn't do what she needed to win the fight. She didn't convince anybody that she had won. And uh when you fighting a champion, so you gotta you gotta go ape shit in there to make people believe it, you know what I'm saying? Believe that you won. Even though I, I, I probably would agree that she did win. The fight if I'm scoring it from a balanced spot, honestly, you know what? If I'm scoring it from a balanced spot, it's a draw, like straight up. Um, I can see leaning towards Shevchenko's way, but because I mean, Nunez was was controlling the distance early on. You know what I'm saying? In the middle of the cage a lot, so it's kind of like she was the aggressor. And um, yeah, I mean that's just that's just just how it went. You know what I'm saying? Neither one of them really had like big big moments. Neither one of them got knocked down. Uh, didn't really get close to being submitted. The closest thing to getting excited was in the fifth round when uh when when Amanda took her down, and like I basically held on for dear life, which was weird watching that. Maybe she was tired. I don't know. I don't know. And how shitty was it to find out like three days before the event that uh, Mighty Mouse wasn't going to be able to to fight for the record? Like that was literally the only reason why I would have ordered this pay-per-view. Was to see him break, break the record. Um, now you got to wait at least until... Maybe, I think they they want to reschedule for two sixteen, but like Ray Borg now is kind of like I don't know he he talked a big game like leading up to almost made me believe that he could do it. You know what I'm saying? Because to be honest with you, he does show a little bit of a, a skill set that not necessarily that none of these other fighters that have fought Mighty Mouse have shown, like the speed, the scramble ability, the striking, like all of it in one. Um, you know, maybe Cejudo, um, but Cejudo honestly wasn't really, to me, he wasn't, he wasn't really, uh, he wasn't experienced to my liking to be fighting somebody like Demetrius Johnson. You know, uh, don't get me wrong, Joseph Benavidez has got a little bit of pop to him, you know, speed wrestling, but Ray Borg is a different challenge in itself. And then on top of that, he's got coaches behind him that'll let him, you know that'll that'll give him some some sneaky things to do against uh Demetrius Johnson. Even though they they, I don't think Mike Winkle Winkeljohn or uh Greg Jackson have ever had a fighter that have fought um Demetrius Johnson or even a fighter the caliber of uh Demetrius Johnson. So I mean that was a little bit of a stretch, but he had me convinced for a second. I'm like, yo man, Ray Borg, watch out for him. Um, but that fight's not gonna happen at least for another few weeks maybe a couple months maybe never that fight but um Demetrius Johnson said like if 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 he's not able to fight uh between now and I guess October November he's going to take the rest of the year off which which makes sense cuz you don't want to constantly be in camp which could have been like um a plea for for Shevchenko to be honest cuz she's technically been in camp since like June June, May, you know, because the the fight was supposed to happen in July, um, it got pushed back. So she was probably out of camp maybe two weeks in between getting ready for this the second bout. You know what I'm saying, or the the third fight really, because uh, she she was preparing for a second fight, and now she's begging for a third one, a a real life third, third match, which wouldn't be a rubber match because technically she didn't win this, any either of the fights that they fought so far. Which is confusing to me. But I I, actually, I want it to happen. And um, I hope she gets it. But um, let's see. What else happened on this card? UFC 215. Ah! Rafael Dos Anjos defeats um, Neil Magny by submission um, in the first round. Uh, Let me see. Hold up. something happened, in which case he may give yep. up his back yep. right here oh, oh. he has a triangle oh, choke triangle. this is the squeeze that is tight he's, he's going out that is tight that's as tight as it gets your fresh. fresh he's far he needs to lay his chest flat lay his chest flat on the mat. yeah the, man oh, that finish that finish was I mean magnificent like to a T. almost like he had it planned out like he wanted to go for that and um I mean smoked them. And a the dude Neil Magny who once upon a time had like the 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 longest uh winning streak in in the welterweight division. He's a, a lanky dude, so he's got the longest reach in the welterweight division. So that's kind of I'm not saying, you know, it's still hard to do um but um it's not hard to see how he won those fights that he fought. Um but Javier Dosanio's coming in there as a from the lightweight division. I think this is his second fight um, at 170 and steamed through him. Like, I mean, just ran through him. And after the fight, now he wants, wants Tyron Woodley, wants, wants a wants a title shot. So I want to see where that goes, to be honest, man. I'm, I'm interested in that fight for a lot of different reasons. That fight interests me because this is, for the first time, somebody you got that honestly, is maybe a little quicker, not a little, yeah, maybe a little quicker than, um, than Woodley, um, it's not going to let him rest, can put on a crazy pace, because look, that that was one of the things Amanda Nunes said after the fight, was like, I'm glad I could show people I could go uh, five rounds, that I really am the champion, and, and blah, 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 but, you know, I, and I heard a lot of a lot of a lot of fighters say that, like after five rounds, like Tyron Willie especially, because that was the knock on him was that, you know, he can't go five rounds with the style that he fights. And like, yeah, you know, he can go five rounds with the style that he fights. It's just, can he go at an accelerated pace for five rounds? And that's something that Javier Dos Santos is going to make him do. You know, five rounds, all five round fights are not equal. You know, some fights, it's back and forth. And you sustain a little bit of damage. And honestly, that takes a little bit out of your gas tank. Um, and then some fights, you coast or you win in a fight for, for the majority of 25 minutes. And it's not necessarily easy, but you're not getting stabbed in the gas tank the entire time. You know what I'm saying? It's cert- it's, there are certain fighters that can set a pace and go like, at an extremely high work rate for five rounds. Then there's fighters that can that can sustain a little bit of damage and get beat up like a Robbie Lawler and still win a five round fight and honestly excel in the fifth round like a Robbie. Robbie Lawler, I think it I read it somewhere, somebody said it. I can't remember whoever the credit goes to, it goes to. But Robbie Lawler is like the best fifth round, fifth round fighter of all time. And I can't argue with that. I mean, his fifth round showings as a champion is just like amazing. Um, and even as a challenger too against Johnny Hendricks when he won the championship is that I think that was the round that won him the belt, um, and then against Robbie Lawler everybody knows about that the legendary fifth round, um, where he knocked him out, and um, so yeah like it's not all five round fights are equal you know there's there's different things there's pace there's damage, and so I think in a fight with RDA and Tyron Woodley. You will get to see, Anyos set a pace that I'm not sure Willie can match, and I'm not sure that Willie is prepared to go for. And now he's talking about going up to well I mean uh, middleweight, and it's like, honestly, like what type of money are you? I, I, look, I get that you know Woodley wants a little respect and you know that's that's one of his gripes in the when whenever he's talking in the media. But like going up to welterweight at this stage, it does you no good because you're not gonna fight the champion. It's not gonna be a super fight. So we're gonna fight. You can go up and fight what Rockhold, or I mean, you're not just gonna fight some journeyman 185-er, and because. George, the reality of it is Jordan C Pierre is getting ready to fight Michael Bisman, who is the 185-pound the champion. Unless you're gonna fight the winner of that, and that's after November, which you know potentially could happen. You know, because he's, he's 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 hurt right now. Um, I think it's his shoulder. He don't want to have surgery on it. So let's say he does take the time off. November, December, time. To- you talking about some somewhere in between january depending on what happens in the the Bespin George C Pierre fight uh depending on how they come out of that fight like as long as nobody's injured the soonest it can happen or the soonest i see it happening is january february time and that that matches up with with a return for Woodley. but um i just don't see the significance in him doing that you know going up to 185 especially because um, George has already been on the record and honestly I don't know how much this means how much um weight you this holds like how much how much it really means he's gonna do it I can't express the distrust in the statement that I have that that I heard from from George that saying that if he wins this fight he had to defend the championship against um Robert Whitaker because he's the interim champion and I don't I don't give a fuck who else is who else looks um Spectacular in the next outing. I don't care how Luke Rocco looks on September 16th. That's the next dude in line. So, um, Woodley jumping a gun or jumping in between that doesn't really make sense. I guess it could, it, it matches up in, t- in, t- in terms of time. In terms of timing, like him coming back from that injury and then fighting the winner of Bispin GSP makes a little bit of sense. But at this point and i know a lot of fans are going to say this it sounds like he's like he's dodging this the next challenger rda is let's look at the rankings real quick rda is for sure got to be like the the next 180 the 170 pound um uh title contender he's got to be next in line right let me see let's see I see one seventy. So you got Tyron Willie as a champion. Number one is Steven Thompson. Robbie Lawler is number two, but you know, a fight ago, you know, before he fought Donald Cerrone, he was t- he t- he just got knocked out by Tyron Willie. Then you got number four or number three, Damian Maya, who just took an L to Willie. Uh Jorge Masvidal, who took a took an L to Maya. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing uh Hafel fight Mosfidal. Those two matchup, number 10 and number four. That's that's a number one contender fight right there. I wouldn't argue with that. But the only thing is what do you do with Robbie Lawler in the meantime? You know Robbie's not gonna fight Carlos Condit again. You know, even though that uh, Carlos Condit, Robbie Lawler too, would be amazing. Um I think eventually we'll see Santiago uh Ponzinibbio versus Gunnar Nelson in the near future. Man, well to wait is just a, it's a little bit of a conundrum. But I feel like his Tyron Willie's no doubt his biggest challenges are Jorge, Jorge Masvidal and Javier dos Santos It's just it's just a shame I see them matching up with each other before they match up with Woodley. Woolly would have a excuse me. Willie would have a tough time with either one of them. I mean, because the, the pace that they put on, the, the volume, the output, like, you know, and the skill set, too, because they're they both extremely talented on the feet, well, while if you get them on the ground, and probably this applies more to, to Dos Anjos than uh, Masvidal, you get Dos Anjos on his back, so he's not like a wrestler, so he, he's going to attack you off his back, Um not saying I don't see it maybe going Willie's way. Willie definitely would be the favorite, but Dos Anjos is not to be slept on. And the fact that he's talking about going up to middleweight, it puts a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. And a lot of people already have a sour view of him. So it's kind of like, this doesn't really help you at all. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't really help you at all. Um, not a whole lot of other news you know i mean i could run down this card but the card is like not fairly uneventful but it's just like not a lot, a lot of people that are immediately challenging for championships no splashes really being made oh well actually you know jeremy jeremy stevens um uh going over on uh, gilbert melendez was kind of a big thing to me the way that he did it and the way that he looked um at 145, some, let's see, Jeremy Stevens. the only people in front of him are Yayo Rodriguez, Brian Ortega, Chanson uh Cub Hansen, Ricardo Lamas, Frankie Edgar, Jose Aldo. And Jose Aldo, I don't know how anybody else feels about him, but I almost feel like he's on his way out. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't, I think he's fighting L- Ricardo Lamas next. I think that's what's happening. And he should win that fight. But like after that, where do you go? You, you're gonna go up to one 155 are you gonna end up trying to fight max again or you know I don't see where he goes from here that's exciting for him like a a legit challenge I mean I see what the challenge is but I don't think he's gonna get Connor McGregor ever again um a lot of guys like you get that one shot I think Nate Diaz is the only one that's gonna get one more than one crack at him but it's because he wanted the the initial fight that he had against Connor you know, the rest of these dudes either pull out before they fight them or they lost on that one night. You know, Eddie Alvarez is one of those dudes. Uh, Chad Mendes, one of those dudes. Fred Gareca never got the chance. Jose Aldo is one of those dudes. Max Holloway, you know, out of everyone that is that wants that fight, you know, secretly on the low, Max wants that fight. He's he doesn't necessarily come on say all the time like Conor McGregor, what's up, bitch? You know, like the rest of these fighters do like whenever they get on the mic they beg for that that fight he doesn't necessarily do that but out of all of them that you know want that fight he's probably the one most likely to get it over tony ferguson over khabib um over kevin lee has asked for the fight but he doesn't necessarily you know he kind of talks like sideways shit at, at connor um but yeah, out of all those dudes, Max is the the leading candidate to me because I don't see anybody beating him at his weight class. And then I can see him easily going up to uh, 155 and making a splash, especially after that showing that he had against Anthony Pettis. And I, I realized that was like Anthony Pettis on the backside of his career because right now I look at Anthony Pettis the same way I look at Jose Aldo, where they kind of like lack of motivation and it's not really a whole lot of new challenges that they, they get them pumped. They just seem like they're in a little bit of a lull in their career, and maybe that comes from sticking sticking around too long, you know. Because this, honestly, to me, the fight game is like in and out. Like you, you want to get your money, get paid, get the record, get your legacy, and then get out. Because if you stay too long, you start getting addicted to the buzz, and then it's, it becomes something that you need as opposed to something that needs you. Because the game, honestly, right now, without Max Holloway, wouldn't be the same. I, I can't see. A lot of these divisions aren't exciting anyway. So, without Max Holloway, without Cody Garbrandt, you know, 135 is like easily one of the most exciting divisions right now. Um, with TJ, Dominic, uh, Jimmy, and Cody all at the top. Um, it, it, it's really, it's kind of it's getting interesting. And then Aljamain Sterling, like if he can win a couple more. Um, an impressive fashion, not just winning them. You know what I'm saying? Not on some Brian Caraway shit. Um, I could easily see see the 135 division being like the leading division, um, next to 155. But yeah, man, not not a whole lot of news to talk about after the weekend, as far as like what happened on the card. But um, I think this Overeem and Ganu fight is actually gonna happen. I think I'll start over and Francis Ngannou are gonna fight and it's gonna be sometime between now and November. I really feel like it's it's gonna be like and almost immediately. Um they talking shit back and forth. I wonder who I wanna know who's uh, who's Francis Ngannou's um PR, who is who's on his PR front? cause he's on Twitter talking mad shit, and I know he can't even he wouldn't say this shit in English if you saw him in person um which is wild. So I want to see that fight, man. That's a that's a that's a crazy fight. That's what the heavyweight division needs right now. I mean, there ain't really a whole lot of other sparks flying, especially with Stipe sitting out, you know what I'm saying? Nothing else really makes sense in the in the heavyweight division. Maybe Engannou Mark Hunt um makes makes sense. But I really want to see number one and number four. And after that, there's no reason you shouldn't give in, in Ganu, um Biochek. And if that happens, <sighs> oh my God. Get ready. Get ready. Yeah, that, that fight would be amazing. My heavyweight is kind of stagnant right now because John Jones is in this situation. But yeah, man. Um, it's it's some fights to look forward to, even though it's not like buzzing like it usually is. It's not twenty thirteen buzzing. Um, so, you know, some things to look forward to. Some things not like NFL football. I got a lot of friends talking about they're gonna boycott this season, like not, not watch a single game. And I I don't know, man. I think that's a little ridiculous. But I have to agree with them on the Colin Kaepernick situation. I recorded a I've said this on the podcast before, and I talked about Colin Kaepernick's situation. It's like, at the end of the day, this is how I feel. The league obviously doesn't want him, whether it's the teams don't feel like he's talented or it's the actual owners blackballing him. Um, he's He's obviously not wanted in this game. And it, the bitter truth of it all is, you come back, you come back for what? What reason? It's to play football and to get knocked and slapped around a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? And at this point, I mean look, the only the only problem I see is if he spent all of his money, if he's dead broke right now, um, then I guess there's no choice for you because this is your trade. You know what I'm saying? And this is this is what you have to do. But if if you took care of your finances and you didn't spend all your money and you weren't a dumbass with it. I can't see. I can't see a reason why you want to come back to a game. Number one, that doesn't want you around. And number two, you can't. You're not gonna come out healthier on the other side of it. You know what I'm saying? He's not gonna come out better on the other side of it. For I mean, right now he's say he's he's becoming he's becoming a civil rights activist. Um, goddamn, he's fucking Rosa Parks now. You know what I'm saying? He, but he's you know he's staying seated shit you know (laughs) so i don't see a reason why you would want to come back you're gonna come back for more headaches you're gonna come back for more damage you know what i'm saying what's the goal here that's the question really if the goal is to bring attention to the racism behind closed doors in the nfl then bam you doing it you know what i'm saying and you got the platform now You're a famous football player. You retired. The league didn't want you no more. Start a podcast, man. Start talking about this shit out in the open with with other players that are willing to sit down with you. I mean, you got Michael Bennett and Marshawn Lynch that's sitting down during the games, and they actually playing actual Super Bowl winning players that are enemies of the the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Have them on your podcast. Talk about, bring attention to this. Like Michael Bennett is actually the best Candidate to bring on You know what I'm saying And I brought this up On a podcast with Evan Like Um We talked about High school football College football And um And pro football Like when you When you Playing in high school Is Three Four years If you're gonna be a star player Four years You playing in In high school College Mostly the same thing Three Three to four years you playing, I think it's time for players to start really treating the NFL as if it's a shortstop, like like college. You know what I'm saying? Where you giving yourself four, six years max to win a championship, and if not, then you got to call it quits, and you're not gonna be pounding your head up against these other dudes and thinking that you're gonna get out, get away with a clean slate on the other side. And like, you know, you can't have it both ways where you're able to play in the league and then complain afterwards about. Things like that. First of all, we passed that stage anyway, because the the curtain has been pulled back on the concussion talk on what the risk of playing football is. You know, players can't plead ignorance anymore. Um that's that we just passed that juncture. And so, like, in the case of Kyler Kaepernick, I really can't see why a dude that doesn't want to be obviously doesn't want to be no team wants to touch him with a 10-foot pole. Nobody wants, they don't want his ass around. I can't make that any more clear. And I don't think they can make that any more clear to him. So for him to, you know, and then have a lot of these celebrities going around talking about, um, it's a shame that he's blackballed and this and that and the third. It is a shame. I I I, I admit it. I agree. It is, it's a shame. But what are you going to do about it? you going to force them to make you play football? And then for what? Force them to make you take more debt? That's so silly to me. It's so weird that he, that nobody else sees this. I don't hear anyone else saying this either. Like, you're going to play in the league and then make them more money? Because you know automatically if he gets signed to a team and he's playing, then people are going to want to watch. Uh, for a lot of people, that's the whole reason why they're not watching. You know? So... um yeah, that just that's, that's, this whole situation with Colin Kaepernick is just so confusing to me. It really is. If you get down to the bare balls of it, we just laid it out on the on the on the table just here now on the podcast. Um, there's no logical reason for him to want to come back unless he's in financial trouble. In which the case, he doesn't necessarily need to go to football, but that is his one trade that he excels at in life. You know what I'm saying? So Look, man. I wish all the best to Colin Kaepernick. Um, this is a whole nother discussion in itself, as far as the racism that's involved in the NFL. In all of these big league professional basketball associations, the the, the, the they just. I mean, it, it's a lot of racism. It's a lot of racism, and the weirdest part about it is all of these leagues are dominated by black players. Especially basketball, football. I wanna say definitely seventy five percent of both of those leagues are black. In the case of the NBA, the top one percent is all black. You know, it's all black. The top one percent of players in the NBA that are earning the highest contracts, that have had the highest contracts of all time, they all black. Um so that's a whole nother separate conversation. And I I'll be willing to have it, but um, yeah, the racism is that's just that's a deep, deep, deep conversation. Um and I'll probably bring that up, you know, on a on a later podcast. But yeah. Today's um today's happy NFL day to all all the fans out there. I know I sound a little down on it. I am a little down on it, actually. I don't have a whole lot of energy to talk about the NFL, but that's what I have to say about it. I do have a little energy about something. And it's that. You know? So um I think this is a good stopping point. So in the podcast here. I'll see y'all next time. Probably three more times before the end of this week. I have a couple more guests on. And um I'll pop up a surprise, y'all motherfuckers. Um hopefully people in Miami they stay safe, stay up out of the hurricane. Um and hopefully nothing else comes to fucking s- slip us into the cracks of hell. Son. Whether it's a tsunami or wildfire or whatever the fuck they could think of. A goddamn super volcano going off. I don't know. Anyways, I'm just rambling now. Um, catch me in the water son, in it, on a jet ski headed to Europe. <laughs> I'm out of here.